0: Yeah, well, I tried to explain it to him. And, you know, every time I did, they would just get mad. And they said things like... I was... What's that word? They said I was like a traitor. Because I was hanging out with, I guess, you would call it the enemy. So they didn't like that. They threatened to hurt me.
1: Okay. I'm going to get us started with an introduction. Okay, good. This is episode three in a four-part series, telling the story of Lewis's transformation from being, how should I say?
0: I thought you wrote it down again.
1: Well, I'm being a little creative. So it's telling the story of Lewis's transformation from being one of the bad guys, really. I guess we could put it like that, being part of the problem to becoming a really remarkable ally and leader for change in his school. So if you haven't listened to the first two episodes, I recommend that you go back and listen to those first. And if you have and you want your memory jogged, the first two episodes cover how Lewis's arrival into a new group of friends made a difference to how he was feeling about school, how he was feeling about his relationships. But as he started to spend more time with them, he sort of started to realize that maybe he didn't fit as well as he thought he did, that they were a little more aggressive, a little more violent, um, or at least willing to tolerate violence, um, than he was. And so at some point he started to draw a line for himself and say, I'm not going, I'm not going to stick with this group. And, and so, and that's where the episode two finishes is with Lewis saying, instead of being friends with them, I'm going to become friends with the victim of this friend group's bullying. I'm going to be friends with Matthew instead.
2: I think that's it. I did. I ended
1: up pretty much winging it. Was that okay?
0: Yeah, I think you did a good job.
1: Thanks. Okay, happy to reconnect. Um, how? What? How is your day going so far?
0: Um, my day was going pretty good. I rode the bus today. And, well, when I got on the bus, there was this lady that got on. And as soon as she got on, the bus driver said, you know, that's the most ugliest baby I've ever seen in my life. What? The lady got really upset and she started crying and she went back and she sat next to this guy. And the guy was like, what's wrong? And she said, um, the bus driver upset me. Yeah, for real. Well, um, why don't you go tell the bus driver off? Here, I'll hold your
2: monkey. Uh,
1: <laughs> so was it a baby or a monkey?
0: It was a monkey. Or it was a baby, but it wasn't. It was an ugly.
1: I have a feeling that I have a feeling that didn't actually happen.
0: No, it didn't happen. It was just a joke.
1: Not bad, not bad.
0: You actually um, thought it happened for a little bit.
1: Well, you said the bus driver said that's the ugliest baby I've ever seen, and I was like, what? Why would a bus driver say that to somebody? So that that made me feel worried, but I was happy in the end that it wasn't a true story.
0: Yeah. That would have been a bad bus driver.
1: Yeah. I'm glad you agree with that. How else is your day going?
0: Oh, uh, not bad.
1: Can we start by delving in uh, a bit deeper into the feeling of like what was going on in your heart when you started to wrestle with, with these, with, with the idea of, um, yeah, I guess abandoning your friend group in favor of aligning yourself with With this guy, Matthew.
0: Well, I think we talked about it in the last episode. Um, After he tried to kill himself, um, I started talking to you. I really, like, wanted to hang out with my old friends. But at the same time, they... They just took it too far, and they kept picking on the kid, Matthew. So I didn't want to be their friend anymore. And I wanted to kind of try to talk to Matthew a little bit more and get to know him because I I went to school with him for a while, but I never really got to know him. Eventually, um, we decided that we were going to hang out. And when we did hang out, we hang out a couple times, and then his friend was with us, and we were watching this movie, and there was this guy that was on the movie that was, he was wearing makeup. So I just said, like, out loud, you know, that guy's gay. And his friend punched me again. So I got punched in the face twice. So that didn't work out too well because being punched in the face is not a great feeling. So after that, we talked a little bit more. And and I got to know him a little bit more then. And I realized that he he was pretty hard to talk to. I'm not going to lie. But eventually we found it a little bit easier. So we started talking and bingo.
1: So if we rewind back before you made that connection with Matthew, Let's let's like go back and forth and brainstorm some of the feelings. Does that sound okay?
0: Yeah, that sounds okay.
1: Okay, do you want to start or do you want me to start?
0: I want you to start.
2: Mm.
1: Okay, I guess I'll say empathy. Empathy or sympathy, I guess. Thinking about how hurt Matthew was and kind of like imagining... Um, That it wasn't fair for him to experience
2: that level of pain?
0: Yeah, it wasn't fair. I never should have went as far as I did. You know, as far as him getting hurt, I should have never even, you know, started picking on him in the first place because I knew it was wrong. But. I made a mistake and I did apologize to him. So it took him a while to forgive me, but I think he forgave me and we still talk now.
1: Okay. Yeah. Another, do you want me to do another feeling or do you want to go? You
0: can do another feeling.
1: Okay um, uh, guilt, which is kind of what you are just sort of saying, feeling bad about what you did, feeling like you made a mistake and you wish you hadn't done it.
0: Yeah, I was feeling guilty. I mean, because I've been through that before because kind of because of my race and because of my size, So I've had people who bullied me before. So I should know better than doing that to someone else. But I guess I thought if I didn't do it, then my friends wouldn't like me. And that was really important to me at the time. Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, why was it important to have friends that liked you?
0: Because when I was at the new school, I had no one. I did not talk to any single person. Except for my teacher, which I asked her a lot of questions. And I think that was kind of annoying for her. But, I mean, as far as, like, the other kids go, I didn't talk to anyone. So I really wanted um, friends my age to talk to and hang out with. So my foster home and stuff wasn't as sucky as what it was.
1: Okay, let's brainstorm some more of the feelings that kept you from doing something to begin with. What about helplessness?
0: What was the question again?
1: In terms of the feelings that were motivating you to change, there was guilt, empathy, and sort of determination. The feelings that were sort of keeping you the way you were. You were just talking about the feeling of wanting friends. So kind of wanting to avoid loneliness. And I just said, what about helplessness?
0: Yeah, I felt helpless because, like I said, I was smaller than them. I skipped a grade. So I was younger than them, too. And I felt like, you know, if I tried to step in and tell them that it wasn't a good idea. Then they would just kind of laugh me off and they wouldn't take me seriously. So I was helpless to try to stop it.
1: Yeah, which we, I remember talking about the fact that that wasn't like a hypothetical. Oh, I don't think they'll listen to me. You had kind of witnessed firsthand, even when you tried to stop them, it didn't work.
0: Yeah, they just ended up calling me a pussy.
2: Yeah. What about fear? Was fear holding you back?
0: Yeah, fear. You know, I was afraid. Before I even tried to stand up to them, back when we were just goofing off, I was afraid that if I did say something, then they wouldn't want to hang out with me anymore.
2: Were you afraid that they would do anything worse than just not hang out with you?
0: I was afraid that they would start doing the same things to me. And that was a big thing when I was trying to be friends with Matthew. I wanted to be his friend, but I was afraid that they would start pigging on me and they would try to hurt me
2: like they did him. Okay, any other feelings come to mind? No.
1: Okay, so on one side we have empathy, compassion, guilt and determination. On the other side we have loneliness, pressure, helplessness, and fear. So what how does one side end up like outbalancing the other? You know, how do you go from being stuck to being determined that you're gonna do something?
0: Well, I mean, after after I figured out that he wasn't that bad and he wasn't that hard to talk to, I knew that it would be possible, you know, to hang out with them instead, him and his friend. and you know, I just did not want to hurt anyone anymore. That was a big factor because. Yeah, it was fun to hang out with the other guys, but it seemed like almost every time I hung out with them, someone would get hurt or I would get in trouble.
2: So it was a sense of
1: sort of saying to yourself, like, I'm done with this.
0: Yeah, I was done.
1: Except you weren't done just like that. Like, it was a little bit harder than that. So tell me a little bit more about the, like, the back and forth that
2: happened.
0: Well, yeah, I, like, I guess I wanted to be done. But at the same time, you know, I missed my other friends. So I would go. And I would hang out with them sometimes. But. I told myself I wasn't going to do. You know what I did before. And I guess it was kind of a mistake to hang out with them. Because sometimes it would happen again. And I would just kind of be there. But. One of my friends, you know, one of my old friends was going through something really hard, and I wanted to be there for him. So I continued to talk to him. And, you know, I would hang out with him and stuff when he was by himself. And I still talk to him now. I'm just, I don't hurt anyone, and I live far away from him now so it's mainly just texting or playing games online
1: so there's a couple of them with whom you were sort of able to keep a bit of a connection but not continue to get stuck in like the pattern of what you'd previously been doing
0: yeah it was just that it was just the one person i don't talk to any of the other guys anymore.
1: Okay. So tell me a bit about what you lost. Like, what did you, yeah, I guess I kind of want to honor what those guys represented to you in the first episode. So what did you kind of leave behind when you made that, that like journey towards the kind of person you wanted to be? What did you lose?
0: Well, I had a lot of friends. I mean, I had a lot of guys that I hung out with and we would have a lot of fun. I mean, we would joke so much and we would like laugh so hard. You know, we were like, I was drinking um, some juice one time and they made me laugh so hard. I spit it like all over my friend's house, you know, in the skateboarding and everything like that I miss that I just don't miss the violence and everything
2: that I had when I hung out with them and you know
0: even after I started being friends with Matthew and his friend it was easy to talk to his friend And it took him a long time to actually want to hang out with me because he was really protective of his friend. So, you know, after I started hanging out with them, it wasn't the same because it was hard to talk to Matthew. And it was mainly online that I was able to talk
2: to him. So when... I didn't have anybody to hang yeah. out with in person. Mhm.
0: Mhm. And I felt kind of alone again.
1: So that's a lot to give up and to feel alone again. That's like a pretty heavy burden, I guess, or like that's a pretty heavy cost to your decision. And I mean, we talked about you kind of like slipping up and hanging out and that kind of thing, but by and large you didn't go back. So, I guess it kind of begs the question, what did you gain?
0: What did I gain?
1: Yeah, like what did you get out of that decision that kept you committed to sticking with it even when you felt lonely and even when you missed that that like level of kind of like unfettered joy that you had with that group of friends. What was it that you had gotten out of your decision that had just kept you committed to it?
0: Well, I didn't feel so guilty anymore. I felt better about myself. And I figured out that I didn't need to be with those friends because I could make more friends and with the friends I have now then I don't have to worry about anyone getting hurt. Is that a good answer?
1: Yeah. I mean, I still kind of struggle to see like your answer about your answer about what you lost <laughs> seems like a bigger it seems kind of bigger than what you gained. So, how come feeling good about yourself and not hurting people like how come that is worth so much more than those friends
0: well i'm not really alone anymore because i have friends but yeah it's better to feel good about yourself than constantly feeling bad and feeling guilty
1: And it kind of sounds like there's just something in you that's really gotten aversion towards hurting people. Like that's something that's just really important to you.
0: Yeah, well, I had a rough past and I've had people hurt me before. And I didn't want to do that to someone else. I didn't want them to feel like I felt. I remember talking to you about that. You know, when we were kind of hanging out, and I remember telling you that, you know, what happened and what would happen next time. And I didn't, I didn't want it to happen again. So I remember going over those feelings with you when we were talking.
1: Yeah, what else do you remember about talking about it with me?
0: I thought you would hate me. I mean, because I hurt your friend, but you really helped me. I mean, you didn't tell me what to do like most people would do, but you told me, you know, some of what my options were, and you were the one that helped me leave that friend group because I remember telling you that I wanted to, and you kind of helped me out of that.
1: yeah, I remember you saying that too. And I was kind of aware that was a really big decision. So what do you mean I helped you to do that? because i you know I wasn't there, and i wasn't I wasn't at school. I wasn't on the street with you. So like, what do you mean I helped you do that?
0: Just by talking, I mean, you told me some of the things that Matthew was going through and you didn't get pissed off at me you didn't tell me to fuck off you were just there for me and that helps me you know make some really important decisions about where I was at and what I should do
1: Can I tell you something that just kind of occurred to me? Yeah. I think that for you to
2: decide
1: that you wanted to try to be better, you actually had to believe that you could. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. That's probably what you helped me with. I mean, helping me believe that I could be better.
1: Yeah, that's kind of what I was just thinking that like maybe part of, maybe one of the most significant things that I did was just simply, um, kind of like you said, like not judge you and reflect back towards you, like the best parts of yourself so that you ended up kind of seeing the possibility for yourself to be, you know, as good as I imagined you
2: being
0: yeah exactly
1: and then the other thing kind of with that is that that's kind of like the opposite of what a lot of schools do definitely a lot of the youth justice system does like a lot of the status quo in terms of when people are when especially when boys and especially boys of color are misbehaving is Um, well, it's kind of like what you said in the last episode, like you're suspended, you know, or you're getting this consequence in this sentence sometimes that really kind of just boxes you into this one perception of yourself rather than, um, I don't know, like the, the patience and the openness to say, I see where you're at, but I also see where you could go if you were. And how you could be better, I guess.
0: Yeah. I mean, you didn't. Like when you go to someone else, they would try to punish you. Or like other adults would be like, well, I'm going to just tell your foster parents what was happening. But you took the time to talk to me. And that meant a lot. It wasn't about, like, punishment or anything like that. It was just you really tried to understand how I was feeling. And you talked about my feelings, which was kind of strange because I've never really talked like that with anyone before. I'm not the kind of guy that likes to talk about feelings and stuff like that. But I felt like I could with you.
2: Yeah. Anything else coming to mind for the story?
0: So I went to a a new school. And I started noticing that there was another kid there that was kind of getting made fun of. And it made me feel bad because of what happened. It was kind of like deja vu. So I wanted to do something to help.
1: My name is Jonathan.
0: My name is Lewis.
1: And you're listening to Breaking the Boy Code. What you're witnessing is transformation, to put a word on it. And that's a powerful thing to see firsthand. It's a powerful thing to witness over the past year. And um, yeah, I mean, that's a powerful thing for Lewis to bring into the rest of his life as he grows into adolescence. And you're about to hear about the powerful impact it had in a new chapter of his life. Transformation is what next gen men is all about. Next gen men is the organization behind breaking the boy code. If you want to help create stories like these, you can support us at nextgenmen.ca slash join. You can reach me at breakingtheboycode at gmail.com or at Podcast on social media. Okay, Lewis, this is your it's your conclusion now. I love you. (laughs) Are you asking me? I'm asking you if that's what you want me to say. No, you could switch it up. It's whatever you want. Okay. well, let me let's uh, hear something different. What do you think would a parent have to do to do what I did for you?
0: They would just have to care. And you're watching, you're listening to Breaking the Boy Code.
1: Are you going to keep going?
0: No, but that was great.
1: That was almost as good as me. It would be, it would have been convincing if your voice was a little deeper.
0: I really are you already
1: Wow. That was like a preview of what you're going to sound like when you're 14.
0: Hey. I hope I don't sound like
2: that. Oh, you don't want to have a voice like that?
0: No, I sounded like a demon monster.
1: (laughs) Okay, I'm stopping this recording because it's been recording all of this unnecessarily. Say one more, say one more word.
0: One more word. I knew you were going
1: to do that.